Hello, welcome to Dark Materials. I'm Faye. Hi. And I'm Rachel. Hello. This is usually a podcast where we're reading through and discussing Philip Pullman's His Dark Materials novels, a chapter at a time, spoiler free. But in this special bonus episode, we are talking about our trip to the BFI Television Festival and the Hay Festival. Just to let you know, this episode does contain spoilers for The Amber Spyglass, so if you haven't finished it, come back here when you're all caught up. COVID queen. I am a COVID queen. It got me. It did. It got you. I am not the main character. <laughs> it got me in 2022. <laughs> She's the side character, guys. Who get, Who even sure gets am. COVID in June 2022? <laughs> this bitch. <laughs> well, how are, you, how are you doing other than COVID? I'm good. I'm on the mend from COVID. I've passed the worst of it, which is how we're able to record. Otherwise, you would be recording with a bag of rusty nails. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm good. I'm good. Through the hectic patch that was two conventions, I've not done a shop update yet because I got COVID <laughs> um, after conventions, but I'm I'm working up to that. And I've just had the offer on renting a new flat accepted Yay. with my partner. So I'm going to be moving in like three weeks time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's all go and it's never going to stop. Never ever. That stress for you. Yay. Yay. How are you? (laughs) I'm all right. There's nothing like really major to report on my side, to be honest. Thankfully, I didn't get COVID. I'm surprised you got at ToyCon and not Comic Con because Comic Con was hell. Oh my God. It was hell on earth. Mm -hmm. If we saw you there, hi. Hi. And. Sorry for what you went through. Yeah, <laughs> they. Out. I think they oversold the event by like ten thousand tickets. Well, that was what allegedly that was what like the, the TikTok and the Twitters were saying. But um, I don't know what the actual situation was with it. But we had a great weekend because we were behind a table and nobody could get us. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Considering we um took a break with the podcast, we we did we sure did go to Wales the day after Comic Con. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we sure did oh, work. God. Three days, four days straight in my case, four days straight on uh, on work stuff that is genuinely one of the most exhausting things you can do. And then get up at five in the morning the next day to get a train to Wales. <laughs> we sure did do that. And we also worked on a, was it a Sunday that BFI was as well? Yeah. God. <laughs> We're so good at taking a break. Oh, so good. But it was, it's all for you. It's all for you, listeners. It's all for you. And for us, because it was so exciting. <laughs> it was really exciting. Before we talk about that, though, let's talk about merch. Yes, merch. So, t-shirts. T-shirts are now in the shop permanently, which is great news. We have a great new system that is going to be manageable for us and hopefully good for you. Monthly merch order system. So, the whole idea is throughout one month, we'll take in all the orders. And then at the beginning of the following month, that's when we send all the orders off to get printed, to get made. And then... They will get them back within a week or so, be able to pack them all up and ship them out to you guys. So it does mean that if you were to order at the very beginning of the month, there might be like a six week lead time. But if you order at the end of the month, you get it pretty snappy. And it means for us, we can manageably, sustainably keep the shop open and sustainably keep running a really good range of sizes in what we do. So yeah, hopefully... It's a good system. (laughs) Fingers crossed it works because it's just the two of us doing this and I'll be running it 
from my bedroom, it means that it's easier for us rather than having to pack and do all the order shit like throughout the month. So it makes sense. Hopefully it works. And hopefully we're going to have some new designs soon which are fucking great and we we shared them in the discord with our patrons and uh well one of them and they loved it so hopefully yeah. everybody else will too yeah i'm really excited for the new system meaning we can hopefully bring out more different designs as we go along so yeah Yay. it's very I'm excited. exciting yes me too so hopefully in july at some point you'll see those new designs but the older designs so like the logo tea and the uh big c energy tea they're up in the shop already so if you want one of those you can grab one right now and then keep a, uh, keep an eye out on our socials in the episodes for us to let you know when the new designs are out and as of the bfi festival it is official that ruth wilson has seen a big c energy tea and said she liked it how polite she was being at the time, we'll never know. But she's seen it. She's witnessed it. So that has made my life complete. Absolutely. <laughs> that Ruth Wilson has seen our beautiful golden monkey, little monkey prick, Big C Energy t-shirt. Ah, on one of our amazing listeners, Karen. Yes. Yes. Thank you for wearing it that day, Karen. It was great. And also great to meet you in person. And I met a bunch of our patrons for the first time in person. Yeah. And that was so fun. Yeah. One thing that I would like to tell you lovely listeners about is obviously, you know, I have a, po- a podcast about the band Paramore. Uh, Rich was our first ever guest. I was. It was so much fun. Yeah. Honestly, so much fun. Because you guys record... In, they record in phase flat old like just like how we used to with the uh, with the oh yeah you mic up on a, up on a cushion it felt like a blast from the past and it was so much fun and if you haven't listened you should go and listen because not only is Faye great but Zach is an absolute gem and you'll really enjoy listening to him so yeah, yeah. so Rich came on the episode for Crush 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 which I can never say properly which crush, is crush. yeah which is on Paramore's second album Riot and it was bloody great it was so much fun so if you're a Paramore fan hey if you've never listened to Paramore you could listen to the podcast and you could listen to each song and then listen mm-hmm. to the podcast because that's a good you way to do it we'll, absolutely should do that yeah we'll tell you all the facts we've got all the knowledge I mean that's how I listen because I like I mean first guest on a Paramore co- podcast I should be a mega fan unfortunately I'm not, but <laughs> it means that the songs that I'm less familiar with, I definitely listen to your podcast episode and then go and re-listen to the song and it definitely gives me like more of an idea of it and also I always imagine like little teenage Faye bopping around to it when she watched it live and it's so cute. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, go listen to that because it, uh, it was very fun to have Rich on with us. Yeah, yes, do it. Listen to that, listen to Paramore, sort your life out. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, well, yeah, let's talk about BFI. So this episode is going to be a bit of a special one about our trip to BFI Fest, Television Festival and Hair Festival. Um, We managed to get some interviews. So at BFI Television Festival, we interviewed Brian Fisher, who was our new favourite person. Oh, my God. The loveliest human being the most enthusiastic human being the biggest golden retriever energy i've ever met in a person that i've ever met (laughs) yeah 
Yep, yep, yep. Oh God, he's so great. Um, so Brian is I'm un- I can't remember his actual title, but he is the Golden Monkey basically, and the puppeteer for the Golden Monkey worked really closely with Ruth, um, on that kind of stuff. And yeah, he was the fucking best. Hi, Brian, if you're listening. Yeah, he is the all round puppet man. I think he's puppet supervisor. I want to say, because like he not only does he do the Golden Monkey, puppeteer the Golden Monkey, but he is also um, one of the spearheads of the team that creates and makes all the puppets from start to finish, which we get to hear him talk a little bit about in this interview, and it is great. <laughs> and we spoke to Caroline McCall again, the costume designer, and that was really, really good. Uh, so yeah, great to we meet. We love Caroline. Yeah, to meet her in person. And then also we got finally got to meet our friend Russell Dodgson in person and talk to him. Yeah. That was really fun. So the reason why we went to BFI television festival is because there was a panel about creating Mrs. Coulter. So in the foyer, there was four Mrs. Coulter outfits. Um, and then they did a panel with Ruth, Caroline, Russell and Brian which was really good. We got to meet Ruth, which was absolutely bananas. It was, yeah. Thank you, Russell, by the way, because I was stood... I think, Rich, you were off talking to Caroline and I was stood with Russell. And he was like, have you met Ruth? And I was like, no, but we would love to meet Ruth. And he was like, oh, don't worry, mate, I'll introduce you right now. And I was like, Rich, Rich, it's happening, come back. (laughs) But she was lovely and, uh, you know, she we told her about the podcast. She, it was funny. She was like, I bet all these people listen to your podcast. Can you remember? We were like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were like, Ooh. Uh, We have high hopes of finding a gap in her schedule in the run-up to season three. We can only say high hopes at this point because who knows with legends like Ruth Wilson when their schedules will become absolutely crazy. So so we don't want to, we don't want to presume but we have high hopes. <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> so in this episode, you'll after we've finished doing our little intro and letting you know what's going on, you'll hear, first you'll hear the three interviews from BFI. It was very noisy at BFI. Uh, we tried our best to make the sound as good as possible, uh, but there is a lot of background noise, but hopefully you can hear it. Mm-hmm. It is the hazards of recording out in the world with not a nice little duvet pinned to the wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, also, you might hear some of the interviewees like reference certain things that you can't see. Uh, I tried my best to like, keep those to a minimum, but sometimes, especially Brian was saying interesting things and I didn't want to chop out what he was saying. They're referencing the outfits that you could see behind us. Uh, they were Mrs. Coulter's outfits. And I think we posted pictures of them on our socials in our BFI television festival highlight. So if you want to see what they looked like, you can go and have a look on Instagram at that. If I recall correctly, it is the black funeral. It's like a black blazer with beautiful embroidery on it and the black pencil skirt that goes with that and the shoes, the shoes. Um, It is the green party dress with the beautiful like cut out collarbone detailing. It is the Chittagatsi outfit. Coulter safari Safari outfit yes and I believe it's also the blue dress with the blue blazer that has all the bluey greeny detailing on it just for reference of like a little bit more info on those outfits um they are some of the most iconic Coulter outfits yeah (laughs) absolutely so yeah we had a great day at BFI and then I think it was maybe like 
six to eight days later, we went to Wales to Hair Festival. And I won't talk too much about the journey of us getting there and stuff because it's all in the episode because we recorded some bits of us on the road. So you'll hear those interspersed <laughs> with the interviews. Uh, we managed to speak to Amira and Simone, which was wonderful. So good. So yes. good. <laughs> so you'll hear those interviews interspersed with us kind of just chatting shit about the panel and our journey and that kind of stuff it was so lovely to meet Simone in person absolutely love Simone and also way high up on my list of people is Amir Wilson what Mm -hmm. a fucking babe like I loved him so much uh he was just really funny with us wasn't he as in like (laughs) hilarious with us like we he took like a selfie on stage and we're in it and you can see us so clearly and we like <laughs> check our Instagram him. highlights yeah. <laughs> tagged him and then when we met him he was like oh you too and they gave us like a big hug and it was just so lovely yeah yeah it was really nice they are only little 10 minute 10 minute 15 minute snippet interviews and we're hoping to be able to chat to those people again in the future but for now we will take what we can get and we were so happy to be able to chat to them it was great we got to sit on the comfy sofas had a little little mic with us it was great (laughs) there is again a little bit of background noise because it was in like an office room we're just like in the sofas in the corner of the um one of the press offices, I think. So yeah, Hair Festival was incredible, but it was the long, I think it was the longest day of our lives, truly. It was such a long day. Longest day. It was so good. If anybody wants to go to a gorgeous, quiet, idyllic little countryside village, literally not in the middle of nowhere, no offence to Hay on Rye, but also you do have to get from London two trains and then a bus that's about an hour that just goes straight into the hills and that's it and you just see sheep for ages it's great I loved it it was like being back home in the Peak District yeah if you want to go to like a week-long literature festival that's full of like little uh there's a load of like Radio 4 podcast recordings there's loads of like authors speaking for example there was a historic materials panel it was so cute it was lovely the whole atmosphere the entire time we were there we were only there a day I wish I could have stayed a week I would go again in a heartbeat it was so cute it was so like the most chilled festival I've ever been to ever yeah it was, <laughs> it was really, so really nice great. um and massive thank you to Jess Liam Ian and all the Histop Materials uh tv show PR team because they were the ones that made it happen for us it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for them um yeah. so yeah big thank you for inviting us and for like getting us to do interviews and stuff because you know we're still getting bigger but we're still a small little podcast so it's nice to uh be included in that kind of stuff for sure mm-hmm. yeah definitely Makes us feel very grown up. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. Okay, so we won't keep you any longer. We'll get into, like I said, first the BFI interviews and then the Hair Festival interviews. So we hope that you enjoy them. See you after this. Yes. We were just saying it's really lovely doing this kind of a thing around one specific character that you yes. can break it down because it's, I, I mean... Oh, it's really weird being surrounded by this, by the way. This is like... They're beautiful, aren't Although they? I don't see these from... Yeah. I never see these from up here. Yeah. I'm always like... Oh, yeah, <laughs> so like, oh, yeah the sequins are really nice. Like, oh, is that how they're done? Oh, oh, there's feathers. I didn't see that from down there. I guess I it's so that. rare that Mrs. Coulter lets her monkey touch her that he would never do a shoulder sit. So you don't we tried it season one. We tried it season one. Yeah. 
physically he's a bit too big and also it, it requires uh, on a technical level it requires a lot of effort to get I think he's 16 kilos, we've said, between 13 and 16 kilos. So we did build a weight bag to see if it was possible, and it's just, it's so heavy, and also getting the muscularity right for VFX was like, um, can we just not do that? <laughs> so we decided, it also kind of works with the character that we had started building anyways, mm -hmm. because there was that much more clear separation um, between public and private life, so yeah. we enjoyed the fact that there was a lack of touch, and that those little moments that they do touch, then it's so lovely and impactful. Yes, of course, of course. I think like season, I think season one, where the monkey like reaches for Colter's hand and she like pulls it away, and then I think we gasped. And then season two, when where she, she doesn't, his little hand away. I know. We were like, oh god, it's devastating. Oh my god, oh my god it's horrible. <laughs> I know. I wasn't kidding when I was on stage when I was saying it's really hard for me to talk about these things because I'm so embedded, and and yeah. all of those discussions that we had, you know, literally years of talks between Ruth and I trying to figure out how this works and trying to figure out these little nuances so then it's like oh it's like it's like letting a piece of yourself out it's really yeah it's hard but I have to remember that we've finished season three now so yeah. now we just have to wait for it to come out and people to react to it yes yeah. we are very excited I'm excited <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> yeah um I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can't say much about season three, but is there is there anything that you can tell us maybe about the development of, of the monkey and Mrs. Coulter and how, how you maybe did that? I think it's okay for me to say that the relationship, the, the, there's a shift between the three seasons, definitely. By the time we get to season three, we knew that we needed to find a place in which they could at least understand each other in a more clear terms. Um, and... It was very exciting to start exploring that and to figure out when that happens and how that happens. I won't say too much, but I can say there were some very emotional moments for me, season three, very emotional. And in terms of filming order, we left some of the very important things to the very last things that we filmed. And it's it's genuinely some of the most beautiful things I've ever filmed. It's, it's like, it's electric and it's layered and it's... It's just beautiful. It genuinely yeah. is beautiful. So yeah. that's all I'll say. And that's no spoilers. That's anyone that has read the books will understand yeah. some of where that could be coming from. But it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. On a perfect nerd perspective, yes. <laughs> I did a very short half of temperature at uni. Um, yeah. I did like a tech arts where did, where did you go? Wimbledon College of Art. I did a tech arts yes. there. I so I did like a perfect somebody. Course. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, Every, I'm sorry. Everybody does in a perfect world. It's like, this <laughs> used to be perfect. Um, but I would love to know about some of the technicalities of the puppet. Um, I know that obviously when you're going to do something that's going to be transitioned into CG, you don't need everything. And with puppetry, everything, you don't need everything anyway because so much of it is about suggestion. But on a technical level, how closely are you working with the model makers that build the puppets? Are you the model makers that build the puppets, the entire team? And like how... How was that process of working out exactly what was the minimum you needed to get exactly what you wanted from him? That is literally such a good question because it takes us through the entire process that we went through to figure out how we wanted to do this. We knew we wanted something that could represent the size, that could represent to an extent the weight, that could represent the um, volume that it takes up in a space and the shadows that it casts. So we needed a certain amount of realism in terms of body shape. Season one, we 
were going blind. There were no CG models yet, so we had to build everything based on kind of the average sizes of animals. Season two, we started having CG assets that we could build to. So then we could start making like monkey season two. We obviously based this on the sculpt of the monkey, mm -hmm. except we made it our own. So it's slightly smaller so that if they use it in camera, they can cut him out easier. Right. Um, we make him out of light, light and uh, structurally sound materials. I will say that most of the materials that we built, so myself, Elliot Gibbons and Olivia Racionzo, we are the core building team. Now we've had a lot of people come through the season. Season one, we started with Sam in the workshop. We started with Kat. We started with William Todd Jones running the department. Everything has sort of shifted on from there. But we build all the puppets and we puppeteer all the puppets. So it's a very special department because we are taking care of the design in as much as the build design, getting that from frame store, building it purpose-built for the set and then performing them on set. So we're doing the entire process. What's important is Agility, being able to keep it to one person as much as possible, so that if it's me and Ruth, for example, she doesn't have three people she's having to discuss an idea with. There's just one person she can talk to. And then it slightly shifts when you start getting larger things like, say, the Panzer Bjorn, which have to be two people because we're carrying two kids on our backs or we're moving around and, uh, you know, Joe Tanberg is being the head and doing the voice while I'm literally often the bum of the bear, which is, <laughs> he'll be... <laughs> The number of times that I've had Joe's butt in my face, I can't even tell, he quite enjoys it. Every time he's like, oh, here we go again, Brian. I'm like, all right, Joe, all right, joke's on me, I get it. Um, but we try and keep it to a minimum so that it's clear, it's concise, and all the performers have somebody that they can speak to, that they trust, that they build a relationship with. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. For the sake of somebody who has seen a lot of puppets have their moments, um, have there been any like very last minute fixes that you've had to do on set? Have you had a pants of Bjorn's head fall off while you've been trying to film? I think... Has Monkey accidentally lost a hand? <laughs> Anything major? Okay, so there was a scene, We everything is broken before almost every shot. There's, mm -hmm. Things are constantly breaking, especially with Monkey because he's handled quite roughly sometimes. There was a scene in season two which no longer is there where he had a very aggressive interaction with Mrs. Coulter mm -hmm. and um, the first time she did it his head popped off oh, <laughs> and everyone behind camera stayed very quiet for quite a long time and she finished up the scene much to the professionalism of Ruth Wilson as you would expect <laughs> yeah. and then it kind of got to the end and and they were like yep yeah, that's the one that's the one we want to keep because her reaction was so like she did it yeah. and it kind of happened and she looked so shocked at herself <laughs> And then they went, can you fix the puppet, Brian? I was like, yeah, give me like five minutes, I can fix it. But, but it was upsetting to see his head go flying off across the set. That was disturbing for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much for talking to us. Really it's finally happened. Yay! I mean, please do. Please do. Please do. Would it be okay if we get a picture with you? Um, yes, I'm please gonna, do. I might grab somebody to try and take yes. a picture. Somebody take a picture. Hello. I couldn't remember if you knew Zips had been invented in Lyra's world yet and whether you had to hide any for costuming yeah. reasons. Well, no, we thought Zips would have been invented. Yes, yes. Um, we, and then we have Velcro in Ballvanger. Yeah. So we had like things so, so like Velcro wouldn't exist in people's normal life, like in the space age. Mm -hmm. But the boat, the kids at Bolvanger have they've got Velcro on their boots and stuff to kind of show that they they've got science and technology in that kind of horrible 
<laughs> um, environment, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the rest of society doesn't have uh, access to any of that. Quite rightly so. <laughs> um, and then the funeral outfit of the Cardinal. If it had been 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, women would have worn gloves, but we're not in that world. And Mrs. Coulter, Ruth wanted to feel like she she would like want to touch the children and think she wanted to feel like children would want to come to her, so we didn't do that. And then, because it's not pure period, we don't have to have pure period footwear. Yeah. We can have whatever footwear we feel is appropriate for her character. So it's mostly a stiletto. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. We wondered when we saw this in the episode, because I know that I think the episode quite heavily featured the witches as well, whether this was a like, direct reference to the witches' beautiful armoured neck pieces that they have, because it very much, we felt like mirrored that. I don't know if that was something that you could A little, yes, because we wanted, we didn't want the witches to take away from Mrs. Coulter's power and her, you know, the power shoulder. Um, so when you cut between them, you're still aware that she's really powerful. Yeah. And if a witch and Mrs. Coulter were ever to meet, it would be a toss-up as to who would, you know, just because they're a witch, they're not necessarily going to overpower Mrs. Coulter, sort of thing. So we wanted to keep her really strong and um, cutting between those scenes. Yeah. Yeah. We had a fun listener question actually about yeah. Mrs. Coulter's rings. They noticed, I don't know if there's something we ever noticed, that she wears a ring on each of her ring fingers. And we wondered if that was a character choice, a costume choice, and what that is, why that is. That is, a, that is a costume character choice. So I won't be able to remember now off the top, you know, I'll probably get the, I'll probably get the fingers wrong and I'll be corrected on this. <laughs> but we had this theory. So the church is in Geneva and in Europe, and it's been ruled, the church has been ruled there since about the 15th, 16th century. And in Europe, um, your wedding finger is on your left hand. So, and Miss Scooter was married. Um, and she then, she, so she wears her wedding band, but then she also wears, it's a little cross. It's a little, it's, um, it's like a religious ring that she wears on her other hand. And I cannot remember which hands we put them on. So I can't remember if we put the religious one on the left, and then she moved her wedding ring across to her right. I cannot remember, but yes, because we have to check that every time we start filming again of what <laughs> what the theory was. But that was there was a theory, and it was very definite choice. Down to the tiniest detail. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah, should we take some fan questions? Has anyone got any questions, Caroline, a costume designer? I was um, interested about um, how you maybe contrasted Mary Malone with Mrs. Coulter um, when she crosses over. Well, Mary is very much of our world, and so we wanted her to have sort of all the things that Mrs. Coulter wouldn't ha or wouldn't be allowed to wear in her world. So you know, denim jeans. Um, 
there's no way Egyptian sort of hint of that, but that's a very different culture from Mrs. Coulter's world. And we, um, she's got little canvas pumps, like trainers, um, which wouldn't exist in Lara's world. Um, and we wanted, would Ruth, would Mrs. Coulter see as a scientist? But it's a woman. And, you know, that that wouldn't be allowed. You know, there's a, there's a female scientist at Bolvanger, but that's Bolvanger. That's out of the way of everyone. Um, and, you know, not what is, is the norm in Lara's world. And that, um, that she's got this kind of casual appearance, which, again, as a woman in Lara's world, um, appearance to Mrs. Coulter is key. So we wanted them to feel quite, like she's still got a jacket on, but, it's really casual in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask, um, if you were going to dress like a younger Mrs. Coulter, like maybe before she was married even, what sort of things would you immediately sort of go for, style-wise? I think it would probably be a sort of softer version, of, or a more youthful version of where she becomes. So maybe sort of like softer 30s or 40s dresses and like oh, before day. <laughs> I'm imagining that now. <laughs> before before she moves into the sort of power shoulder. Um, but I think I think in her world and in her sort of status, um, it's that it's, it's like our world pre-60s that there's not really casual that you you know, it's about presenting yourself really well. So, um, yeah, I think there'd be an essence of who she becomes, but probably be a bit, bit softer. I was going to sneakily ask one. I was wondering if there's anything you had to consider on a practical level for, um, for example, knowing that she's going to have to interact with the CG elements. Did you deliberately stray away from fur, for example, because it would be harder for them to animate, like if the monkey touched her, or did you kind of? Just leave, leave, leave it to be Russell's problem. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I would tell Russell if it was going to do something that might be difficult for them. But there were more kind of more sort of practical things. Not so much There would be times when Ruth would go, I'm planning to be monkey in this outfit. <laughs> um, but, you know, so that's, that's sort of why there's this sort of very this split at the back however that there's still some way for her to yeah. move um, and but there was more things like Boreal where his sleeves we had to be able to fit, fit the stuffy snake down his sleeve we had to figure out ways to do that yeah um, but on the, and then we built things I probably spoke to you about that the last time we kind of built things into the costumes to do with what what their demons were, so that the master has a special um, kind of grieve <laughs> yeah. glove, and the Egyptians all have their bits and pieces yeah, around their demons. Cool. I, I, have a, I have a question for you. What is your favourite Mrs. Coulter moment from the series, if you have one? There are many. There are, there are many, but there's... You know, I have all these references, which 
Ruth and I look to and what we do but it's not necessarily it's like the work that Brian and Ruth do the things that are between them that are not necessarily shared with everybody that works on the project but the inspiration for um, the red the red trench coat in series two is there's an image of Ingrid Bergman and she's sitting at a bar and she's got the beret on and this leather trench and then in the series, there's an almost like nobody else knew this, but there's this sort of shot that is almost exactly like that shot from that film. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh wow, no, that's I'm pleased with that. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you so much for talking to us again. It was yeah. lovely to meet you in person. Yes, you too. <laughs> we'll have to chat after season three, so you can tell us all about season three's outfits. Yeah. I'm excited to see what she chooses to wear living in a cave if it's going to be the exact same yeah. But yeah. Yes, we will say. <laughs>
Well, welcome to my world. <laughs> it's that and angels that are the two same sort of issues, right? Yeah, so, are they solid? Are they not? Solid? Are they not so? Make your mind up. Can you touch them? Can you not touch them? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe um, we'll play the game when we're watching the TV series. Whatever choices you've made, we'll, play, we'll, we'll everyone will have to decide solid or not solid. Exactly. That's <laughs> what the do we think it is right now? That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, it's tricky, and, and I think um, I, I like Mary. I like. I love Mary's story. The problem is, is that it's um, it, it's just how you fi- how you find its way into the show in the right way, so that you feel like you're still watching the same thing. Because yeah. to be honest, you could go off and do like two episodes about Mary, and it's a completely different journey. Yeah. Um, but you've got to keep the show moving. You know, you've got to keep keep keep, keep momentum. But you know, it's not like it's hard putting Simone on screen, is it? She's amazing. Um, yes. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. Do you know? I tell you what. What, one of the big pluses of this season is I ended up directing Simone loads um, and I sort of had quite a lot of time with her doing like Maleficines and just you know we went out to Spain and I shot a lot of that stuff um, and yeah she's such a pleasure to work with it's unbelievable yeah Timelines are all messed up because of COVID, but did you shoot season, summer season three when it was still COVID, or is it like as in that all <laughs> when it was still COVID? I mean, it's still COVID now, but you know that the very like the strict restrictions that were happening that made season two quite different. Yeah, we start we started it in like still at sort of peakish COVID times. Um, you just get tested loads. Yeah. Yeah, you just you know realise that your no your nose no longer feels anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it's like really hard testing. I mean, to be honest, we did really well. I think we only had one um, sort of quick COVID shutdown, and that was it. Okay. Yeah, we were we were pretty solid. It doesn't like if if, if what you do is if, if no, I can't didn't think I'd be talking about this. If you build up a good solid testing regimen, um, <laughs> then you um, you find yourself in a place where um, you can kind of work unobstructed. Yeah, you have to wear a mask a lot, and suddenly it's like summer and it's hot, and you're all sweating in a small space, and you're like, I hate my life. But yeah. I asked because I remember you mentioned the last time I spoke to you that you had to put yourself in some like random pickup shots where like when Mia was fighting in the Yeah, that was good times. Can I for it? Yeah. Good times. Yeah, just like the waistline increases. Um the um the yeah, no, we didn't have that much of that issue. Like we you know, I feel like we filmed everything that we wanted to film in an unobstructed way. Um and yeah. yeah. We saw at the end of season two, like and I think we spoke about it as well, like the complete kind of the FX world of where Asriel was. Because uh, I think you said, did you shoot that with James? Was that a lockdown thing? That was like proper lockdown thing. Yeah. That was like, you know, yeah. quickly nip in. Everyone takes a test. Test has only, only like turned up like about three weeks earlier. We were like, what do I do? Um, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and then, um, and then, yeah, and we shot that really like, you know, in like, it was a day, banged it out, yeah. Yeah, because obviously we'll see more of that. Well, Will you? Probably. Hmm. Tell me. You tell me. It's a mystery, isn't it? <laughs> it's the joy of waiting. I was going to ask because it, it was kind of like it felt like a very VFX-heavy world that we saw James in. Mm-hmm. And is that? I mean, I don't know if say it was similar or if lockdown meant that you had to do it that way. Uh, you have to ask yourself. Does Azriel just go from one world to another, or does he? Does he? Does he have to make some journeys, and therefore that is that where he ended up? Is it where we end up? You know, do you know what I mean? Like, is that, is that the end goal? He's going to end up... It may not be the end goal. An adamant tower, if one would hope. <laughs> What's an adamant know? tower? <laughs> it may or may not have compared to pandemonium with oh, yeah. <laughs> quote choices. Yeah. Uh, a, yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, you know. When we live in a world where you don't have to wait to watch the next episode next week, it's nice to wait and find yeah. out.
Well, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess we kind of asked uh, we kind of asked Caroline this question, and we asked her if she made any fabric considerations for making your life easier as a VFX person. And we know there is a scene in which Ruth wears an amazing fur coat. <laughs> is there anything that you had to? make really special decisions around that like for example Ruth or any of the other characters were wearing like being like this piece of clothing is going to be a pain in our ass to have a poor touch because uh, it's too, uh, too tricky not, 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 not with Ruth and you know tr- truth is is like we can kind of do nearly anything now I mean the biggest question is should you um, because you know is that where you want to put your money and your resources um, but I try and stay out of the way of costume the only, t- the only thing I guess the only thing is if you've got characters that are going to be on blue screen a lot it's like don't give them a blue dress mm-hmm. Otherwise, maybe we don't dress Ruth in this and put her in front of a green screen exactly which we never did to be honest <laughs> Caroline's always awesome she's always like she's always kind of got an eye on that stuff and, and, yeah, and if something is coming up we just go and go it's not like totally blue is it and she's like nope and then she shows us it and we go that's cool and then we move on yeah well Come back and chat to us. Of course. <laughs> well, never, you'll be able to we can't believe we've waited this long. I know, so long. <laughs> we were just like, was it last year? Yeah. The second it? No, it was the year before. Yeah. So it makes you feel better. been sweating it constantly since I spoke to you last time. I was going to say, I was going to say, I bet it doesn't feel like It's like one continuous journey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's been good. It's been good. But yes, thank you so much. Always a pleasure, never a chore. It is Rach and I am at the train station on my own talking very quietly so as not to make people think I'm a weirdo but I am about to start documenting our very long journey to Hay Festival so it is about quarter past five and I'm waiting for my train to take me to Euston so that me and Faye can get the 6.20am train to Birmingham to change to then head to somewhere else that I can't remember the name of, but it begins with an H, and then to get a coach to Hay Festival. So it's going to be a long journey, and I thought I'd take you along the way, and uh, I'll check back in when I find Faye at the station. Hey Faye. Hello. Where are we? <laughs> On a train to Birmingham. That's not going to be a train to Hereford. That's not going to be a bus to Hay Festival. What time is it? It's quarter to seven in the morning. I've been up since quarter to five. Oh, devastating. <laughs> Back in Devon. I'm very excited though to be yeah. going to Hair Festival for the Hairstyle Materials panel. We get to meet Simone in person. But first, we get to have a nap on the train. And we get to have a nap on the train. <laughs> and we get yes. to hopefully meet Amia and just see Jane in person as well. And Brian, because I love Brian. Yes. Absolutely yeah. love Brian. Oh, I hope Brian can go. Yeah. 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 yeah but yeah, I'm fucking knackered. Yeah. We also just did Comic Con for three days, so Yeah. Absolutely. Cream crackered. This is it. Done now. Nothing more please. For until we go to Slam Dunk Festival on Friday. Friday. In three days' time. Tomorrow will be a day of where I do absolutely nothing. Tomorrow? I need to get some fucking work. I know you do, I'm sad for you. (laughs) But I unpack all of my hectic bags from Comic Con. God, I'm so sad for you. But first fun things yeah in hay on y yes which is in wales near wales something to do with wales yeah we're very knowledgeable about yeah. geography <laughs> i'm terrible at geography and on that note i guess we'll check back in when we're on yes. hopefully in it... hereford or hay on y yes hopefully <laughs> i've had a nap on the train yes <laughs>
I need one. <laughs> hey, Faye. Hi. We just arrived at Hay Festival. We did. It's so lovely and cute and it's nice really here. Cute. We've just gone to the office and got our fancy first passes. Yes, we feel uh, very official and important. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. It's um, really, really cute. Faye has worn the perfect hoodie today. Yeah. If you see any pictures on our socials. She's just matching the festival colours. Yeah. It was very deliberate. She's so coordinated. <laughs> of course, that is me known for my coordination. Yes. Definitely. Um, but no, it's really cute here. I am just said to Rich, but I'll say it on the record, I'm very much looking forward to having a festival pint. My favourite type of pint. Yeah, also like a book festival pint. Yes. She feels classy. Yes, it's a classy <laughs> pint. Hell yeah. I'm, it's so cute here. I We've been here for like five minutes. I'm already like, I love it. Yeah. So this is before the panel. The panel's at one. We're very excited for it. We're hoping we get to speak to Simone and Amir and Jane. Um, but if not, we'll just have a lovely time at this lovely little festival. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, saw so many cows on the bus journey we over. Did. From uh, We got the train... We Last time we recorded, we were on the train yeah. to Birmingham. Yeah. And then we got the train to... Hereford. Hereford. And then the bus Yeah, Hereford. We spent an, almost an hour on a bus. Yeah. And um, lots of cows, lots of sheep, and it was yeah. great. Yeah. I felt like I was back at home, except for there are less hills here than in the Peak True. District. True. <laughs> uh, and we are running on, like, zero sleep as well, because we mm -hmm. did Comic-Con. Mm -hmm. I mean, Rach even less there than me, because she did two extra days at Comic-Con. Well, yeah, two extra days than me. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so... Who knows how this is going to go, but I'm excited. Yeah, yes, yes. Whoop. Very exciting. And uh, I guess we'll check back in after just that. after yeah. or just before the show. Yeah. Oh, the show. The show. The panel. <laughs> yeah. Yay. So. Hi. 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 Um, we are still at Hay Festival. We are. We are. We have just had some very lovely... Fish and chips. <laughs> I mean, very lovely as a stretch. Well, much needed. <laughs> yes, much needed. Um, don't yeah. diss Hay Festival's fish and chips. I did not enjoy it. <laughs> Fair. Truly. Um, and it, the heavens have just opened. It's just started yeah, raining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're having a little stroll around the covered areas. Mm -hmm. And we just got out of the panel, the historic materials panel. Yes. It was great. There's lots of children running around. There are. Apologies for the background noise. We thought we'd walk and talk, but yeah. now we've walked through a noisy area. Yeah. We can go and sit under those trees. Well, we might be uh, not in the rain. Right. Okay. Uh, yes, we did the HGM panel. It was bloody great. Jane was there, and obviously Jane is the one that can say we're allowed to say something about season three. So exactly. We found out that it's going to be airing in autumn. Yes. Like we thought. This year, thankfully. Mm -hmm. We've waited so long. Yeah. We know they just spoke a little bit about the land of the dead. It, it was did. Amir's favourite place to film for that season. Yes. Uh, we know that there's going to be no, none of those big stupid birds that shit everywhere. <laughs> we do. Uh, we have found out. Jane, Jane did tell us. Mm -hmm. She said, think what we will, judge the season based on what we see, but we might be disappointed that we don't get any big evil birds. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, personally, I'm not disappointed because I can live without them. Yeah. Uh, because they're horrible. Yeah. <laughs> true. True. <laughs> would be cool to see them. I'm sure they did some interesting concept art before they decided it was just too not much. possible yeah, and yeah. too much. Yeah. I see why it's too much, to be fair. What else? Oh, they filmed, we know they filmed in Spain. We do. <laughs> that was Simone's favourite place yeah. to film, favourite set. Mm -hmm. It was just really nice to hear Jane talk more about season three and Simone and Amir, because I 
I've such a soft spot for Amir. I think he's so kind and lovely and he like took pictures and like signed stuff for everyone at the yeah, end. Yeah, everyone was leaving. I think they were all re really ready for lunch and Amir stayed behind. There was a big old queue of fans yeah. and he was taking pictures with everyone. It was really, really sweet. Yeah, and um, there was just so many kids asking questions and that was lovely. Yeah, yeah. The, some of the best audience questions we've had. Yeah. One of the best panel show dis discussions oh, which, sure. that we've seen, like mm -hmm. the, no the, the panelist that was interviewing everybody was so knowledgeable about the yeah. books and we really love to see that because mm. so often on like really big events, yep. there was like one particular Comic-Con panel that we thought perhaps the person had never even heard of the books before they <laughs> were asked to do the panel, whereas yeah. this guy was really, really on it with the questions. He was yep. clearly a fan and we love to see that. Absolutely. Um, but no, overall, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I always love listening to Jane speak. She's very eloquent. She is, and she has such... You know, these fine. children run by... A you small want. herd of elephants. <laughs> Malafra of Jessica. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, they, they have more wheels and That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We saw a seed pod. We did see a seed pod. Not what we expected. No. Not at all what Much we expected. Much more spherical than I had in my imagination. Yeah. But mm -hmm. makes sense to have it that way. I just feel like they're too small. But we'll see. We don't know what they've done well, with the Malafra. It could, it could be a small seed pod. Mm, true. It's fallen before its time. Who knows? <laughs> just Who like knows? me. <laughs> <laughs> had to be transportable. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, but yeah, you know, we're it's so great about... to hear Jane talk yes. because she has such an amazing, like, overarching view of like the entire scope mm -hmm. of the project. So mm -hmm. anytime she speaks, I'm always just like riveted oh, for sure. by what she has yeah. to say. And again, she's the one that can tell us what we're allowed to know, and what yeah. we're not allowed to know. True. Apparently, and building the world of the dead was mm -hmm. an achievable feat. Building the Republic of Heaven more interesting, yeah. and the Malefa less of a challenge than building the Republic of Heaven. Yeah. And the Cloud Mountain. I wonder what that's Russell will have to say to that. <laughs> yeah, that's He'll true. be like, no, it bloody wasn't. That's true. <laughs> um, also, obviously, love hearing Simone speak because she's just funny and she makes me laugh. Yes. I think she's hilarious. Yeah, Simone. Um, she's so good. They both, uh, Simone and... I was about to say Will, Simone and Amir read some really <laughs> lovely little passages from oh, the Lantern yeah. Slides, or as we shall now know them, I guess, mm. the Imagination Chamber. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and also, there was a fun little call-in uh, Limo Miranda yeah. had recorded a short passage. Balloon Dad, friend yeah. of the pod. Oh my God, I almost forgot. You may remember it from our Lantern Slides episode. Yeah. Uh, it was the passage about the turquoise ring. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. was it turquoise? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, about the ring and Lynn read it and they put up some pictures on the screen of some of John Parry and... Lee Scoresby, I was yeah. about to call him Lynn again. And <laughs> it was just great. And you know what? Top quality podcast, Mike. Oh, absolutely. He knows, he knows, he knows how to record some sweet, yeah. sweet audio. As soon as, Rich started, <laughs> as, soon as uh, Lynn started talking, I know Rich, and I was like, he's got his podcast mic out. I know, oh, like yes. he did for us. We love to see it. The dulcet tones. Yes. <laughs> yes, but no, it, yeah. was, it was great. Um, yeah, it's just nice. Yeah, I like it here. It's nice. Yeah. Can recommend... Not the travel that we did, because oh it took a travel. very long time to get yeah. here, but the entire vibe of this festival is brilliant. Yep. It is adorable, it's mm -hmm. gorgeous. The town of Hay on Wai, mm -hmm. the little that we saw of it, we stopped into a cafe <laughs> yeah. and had a cup of tea when we arrived just to like perk ourselves up. Mm -hmm. And just lovely, really, yep. really sweet, really very chilled vibes. 
if you've thought, oh, I want to go to a festival, but I don't really want to be around loud music, then this, this is, is the definitely one. the one. <laughs> this is the one, yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. It's just really lovely. Like, there's a little bookshop in here. There's some cute little stands. Yeah. It's all in a space that's got, like, little courtyards with trees in around the middle, which yeah. is really lovely. <laughs> it is so nice. We had a great chat to some of the stewards as yeah, we were well, waiting we to get did. that in. Uh, yeah. A lot of... A lovely lady, big shout out to her, who she volunteers to do this with her like local book club and they travel to Hay for the weekend. Yeah. And I'm like, please, can that be my life? Yeah, it's fucking great. But yeah, it's a great festival. We've had a good time. Not looking forward to the travel back, but I'm glad we came because it's been really good. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Got nothing else to say. You've had the exclusives. Yeah. The, yeah, no, no more demon birds. Mm. The land of the dead is full of black sand and, and maybe some puddles. Yeah. Amir told a great story about accidentally splashing into a puddle or his yeah. friend accidentally splashing into a puddle. And uh, yeah, ooh, a phone call. Amir is having to do 10 minutes. Oh, nice. Well, we've just had the go-ahead to go and meet Amir. So we're going to head in that direction <laughs> right now. Still oh, no, this is a new one. Oh, right. <laughs> I was waiting until it didn't know how long you'd be on the phone. So, yeah, let's go do that. Yeah. Interrupt ourselves yeah. to go and do something very important. Oh, yeah. So, hey, thanks for having Thank you for talking, talking to, to us. I guess we wrote down a couple of questions based off of some of the things you said in the panel. Don't worry, you're not in trouble. <laughs> uh, we were just wondering, because like, we, we know you said you hadn't read the books before you auditioned. What was the casting call like for you? What drew you to the role? What did you get to see before you auditioned? You know what? Not much at all. Um, I Obviously, the audition, my agent sent it through, and it was like, his dark materials, Will Parry, all it said, it says the basic things like series lead, blah, 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 and it talked about um, you know, James McAvoy and Ruth Wilson being a part of it. I'd made the connection by doing research to myself that I'd seen The Golden Compass, the film. So that's yeah. kind of the only thing I knew of the story so far. Yeah. <laughs> all right, the, the Golden Compass. I just auditioned for it just because, you know, it came through, and I just wanted to audition for yeah. it. It seemed yeah, cool, yeah. and it said, you know, the kid's a boxer. I know in the books he's a piano. But yes. you know, he's a boxer. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, I was like, this is this is this is really 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 cool, um, and it was a long long process. I mean, I auditioned for it, um, and I was filming the Secret Garden, which must have been in maybe like twenty. I'm gonna check the dates, but it was, um, <laughs> uh, I'm bad at dates. But um, I was filming something else whilst I was auditioning for it. Uh, and it was, I had about six auditions, and as I said, you know, they made me come in and made me box with some random guy, and I was like, I just learnt lines, you're gonna make me box now. <laughs> um, uh, it was, yeah, it was quite, quite surreal. Um, I, it was funny enough, da Daphne had, she obviously lives in Madrid, but she had um, flown over to the UK to read with all the World Parries, and there was about 12 of them, and I was the only one that wasn't there to read with her as a chemistry read. Um, but I obviously ended up getting cast as well, so I was in Prague filming in the Czech Republic. Um, obviously I got cast and as soon as I got cast I flown out to meet Daphne um, which is fun uh, mm -hmm. um, and then I'd finished this job mid-2019 uh, mid and then had a week off went straight into Will's World which mm -hmm. is everything you see in season one yeah. and then we had a month break and that was when they were doing all the season one premieres and stuff mm -hmm. um, when they went to Comic Con and stuff San Diego uh, yeah. and I obviously missed out on all of that I was really really fucking jealous sorry language <laughs> really, yeah, 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 sorry, sorry. oh no no we will yeah, I was really, really jealous. Um, and then I jumped straight into filming season two, and it was kind of, yeah, the rest is history. Yes. Yeah. When you were saying you saw the Golden Compass film, were you a little bit nonplussed when you started getting your scripts and you were like, where's, where's the bears, where's yeah, the exactly. magic? Yeah, 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 so it was a bit, bit confusing. Obviously, the Golden Compass misses out so much. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's hard. I mean, to be honest, I think it's hard to... Um, 
I enjoyed it as a kid, but uh, I understand why people who like the show didn't. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I enjoyed it, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who like the books, sorry, not the show. People who like yeah. the books, I understand why they didn't enjoy it, but as a kid, I enjoyed it because I hadn't read the books. I was like, oh, bears and all of this stuff. Um, it was, um, but obviously after, after having read the Northern Lights, and then I actually haven't seen the Golden Compass in years, um, but I kind of thought back and I was like, they really missed out on some key details. Yeah, yeah. Oh, some yeah, pretty yeah, key yeah, ones, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was the same, so I have like, I suppose like a, maybe a similar trajectory to you in the sense that like I didn't read the books and then I read them maybe like 2019? Yeah, yeah. I made you, no, we started recording 20, the podcast in 2019. So like 2018. So 2018. And we watched the film after I'd read the books, and I was like, what, what is this? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But in terms of Will's trajectory throughout the three books, he is... I have such a soft spot for the character of Will. Yeah, I really do. And I think you do a, a great job. Thank you. And I was wondering, like, how do you feel about his growth throughout the books? Because although, you know, in the books he's only in two, but the growth that we see from him, especially in terms of his, like, I think he's a very emotionally intelligent character. Yeah, and I think that Lyra helps bring that out of him. So, like, how was that for you? Because I think sometimes it can be quite difficult to portray, like, writing like that on yeah, screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what, I, I, I like to say that, you know, Will and Lyra are kind of polar opposites mm. in some ways, but they kind of bring out the other sides of each other in, yeah. in, in, a, in a good sense. Um, yeah, he is, he, you know, Will's been burdened, not burdened, I guess, but Will, he's, he's had to look after his mum. He's, he, he's been raised on that, and he's, um, yeah, as you said, he's emotionally intelligent, he's, he's, he's aware, but he's obviously, I think he lacks, lacks social skills in a sense. He's yeah. kind of a bit of an outcast, mm -hmm. um, struggles to... Uh, to fit in, but just because of how he's he's how he's had to to grow up. I mean, it was the books were obviously back to back. Obviously, subtle life goes straight into *Atom Spyglass*, or at least there's not much time for or any. But obviously, filming is different because it's like we filmed his subtle life, and then we had a year and a half off, and then went straight into *Atom Spyglass*. Um, so I guess when filming it, it was like right. I remember <clears throat> remember one of the first things in the script. If it's Amber Spyglass, uh, the first episode, it was like, obviously, introduction to Will, and it's like, it's obviously been months since we've last seen him. <laughs> we can tell by looking at him. Um, I think I had to play the idea that Will had grown up a lot emotionally, um, and, and obviously physically as well. I'd grown up a lot when, mm -hmm. since filming. Yeah. Since filming but they wouldn't let me keep my beard. I was like, Jane, is there any... No. <laughs> no, there's not. Um, <laughs> but um, it was... I think playing with the fact that yeah, going into season three, my idea was that um, emotionally and, and mentally, Will was just a lot more mature. He was aware, he, he knew what he wanted and he knew he needed to, to find Lyra. Um, uh, and I think before that, previously, Will would kind of always been a bit indecisive and kind of just gone with the flow. As like, he sees a cat, let's follow this cat, you know, and it kind of ends him. All of, all of his decisions, you know, were all kind of spontaneous and then he ended up in, he ended up in these certain situations. Um, you know, in season two, I think it was important for me to portray that he, he knows what he wants now and he's a, he's a, he's a bigger and a different man. Um, and just being able to play with that just because I had grown up as a person since filming um, and I kind of wanted to uh, portray that will, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. We know in the books, in the last book, we have a long period of time with Lyra, where we get Will as pretty much the solo protagonist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that for you? I mean, we don't know how much we see of this of course, in the new series, of course, but like, 
kind of having spent a full season working so closely with Daphne to then be pulled into scenes where you're working with lots of new people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how was that just kind of bringing on that suddenly? Will's the main protagonist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, yeah, we went... Um, um, I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to say, but we went uh, we went a couple of months without filming with Daphne for obvious reasons, as you guys know. Um, why? Uh, and for George's journey. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, we... Uh, um, it was, it was fun. I got to uh, work with Yorick. Yes. Um, I got to. Work, I don't know how much I'm allowed to tell you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I mean, we've read the book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I mean. Because it's like you know, when, I, when I'm talking. Yeah, just when I'm doing press and stuff, they're like, you can't mention this and that, and it's like most people press haven't, but like you guys have obviously read the books. So yeah. But yeah, I got to, got to. You know, it was fun. It was a fun, fun, fun two months. Um, Obviously, Daphne obviously came back in, and I was, Daphne was around when I was filming and stuff. I obviously, obviously got to got to see her, but it was, um, yeah. I mean, when when I was working with Daphne, Daphne's so amazing um, to to work. She's a brilliant, brilliant actor. Um, and to not be with her, so who do I have to rely on now? Can't just can't just give it to Daphne. That Daphne stole the show. Um, but it was it was fun. It was fun. I, I was, I was so, that was the main thing for me with season three. It was. Um, I found it so much more fun to film. Um, looking back, season two was almost not boring for me, but it's like it's, after doing season three, it's like so many introductions, so many new characters <laughs> yeah. and different locations and settings. Um, really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you feel? So, in terms of like, you know, the hero props of, of the three books, uh, you know, the Elysiometer, the, the Knife, the Amber Spyglass. I, I think it's probably because I have an affinity to Will, but I love. Soul knife and like I've got it at home. Have you? Yeah, yeah. There was oh like, there's like yeah, there's like four made, four metal ones. Yeah, they, plastic ones when I'm just walking about, but four metal ones got one of them at home. Amazing, cool. nicely done. <laughs> how how do you feel about it? Because like Will has, you know, this burden kind of like being the bearer of the knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like I just think that's such a great story for him, and just the knife in general. I love it. Oh yeah, you know it was um, the knife is cool. The knife is my. I think it's the favourite out of my three of them, personally. Yeah. Not being biased. <laughs> you know, uh, I like the design, firstly. I think it looks really, really, really cool. Yeah, being able to do that, you know, on set, it's fun, you know. You, obviously, I cut through worlds, but on set, I'm just walking through some wires into a studio in Cardiff or something. Yeah. So it's kind of, um, it's, 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 it's a lot, lot, lot different. I love it. I love working with it. Um, obviously, the, the finger thing, so it's fun. Obviously, yeah. I have to keep my fingers wrapped this whole yeah. scene, so I spend... I kind of just got used to. I tried to um, even at lunch, kind of keep the bandage on as well, just to just to help myself out, um, not get used to it. But I'd take it off, my fingers were clammy and sweaty at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a bit disgusting. Yeah. Um, but spending a whole series like this was um, it was, it was fun. Yeah, it's yeah. Fun. They made a they have a aesthetic glove that they used to slide over as well. They have like fake fingers as well. All really really cool. But yeah, yeah it was. Good. We were talking about that, weren't we? Because when we were um, when we were covering the TV show episodes, yeah. I was like, I wonder how that was fitting me yeah. having to. Yeah, well, sure the books vary because I feel like you got a little bit more you got a little bit more finger in the TV yeah, show yeah, than yeah, the yeah. books <laughs> gave you because you were off at the knuckle there, so that was sure, way sure, harder see, to work out. Oh, oh nice. wow. This is obviously season two stuff, so oh, I'm a lot younger. Oh, you look so young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, um, That's so cool. Had that, but I didn't really wear that for the most part. That was mm. only kind of for the close ups, and if yeah. they were to show and the then gammy I guess hand, it's, it's just, the just rest wraps of the time, so they yeah. kind of save themselves money. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 
Palace Alice, obviously. It's oh, brilliant. Like, yeah. yeah. It's different than season yeah. three. Yeah. I noticed there's a, a picture, I think it must be one of in one of the promo images, of, of you using a full uh, wire rig for closing up the windows. Yeah, yeah, wires, yeah. How was that process? Like, did you have to do a lot of choreography around, like, how that's going to look? I worked with a movement coach who Amazing, I actually yeah. forgot his name, which I feel really, really bad about. But <laughs> great guy. He worked on the Harry Potters. Oh, um, nice. So he had the, the actors do the one stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he... I, I worked with him, I had a couple of sessions with him and it was just about it was about like connecting the whole instead of just the arm, it was like the whole body is involved in this in, the, in this movement. But throughout the he obviously will get better at cutting. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then that's easier, you know, um, in season two it's a lot of struggling, but about season three it's just it's like it's a cut window. Bag. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Little bag. Um so obviously it made it easier on my part. Um it was Having to close thin air, I mean, it was it was it was hard. It was, it was very specific. I mean, when you're working with VFX, it's like a, obviously the windows are like completely straight. But I was obviously like when I was cutting, I'd kind of like move my hand about. So we had to go a bunch of times to make sure I was I was, I was straight. But um, yeah, it was, it was, it's a weird experience always doing that stuff, kind of pretending something's there when it's not. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, as I was saying, you have to obviously use your imagination, but it's uh, still still interesting. Yeah, yeah. definitely. We ask a question at the end of most of our interviews now, which is, obviously the subtle knife can cut you through into any world. If you could pick a world to cut into, what kind of world would you want to cut into Malefa world. right now? Oh, nice. Malefa world, oh, probably, probably like Barbados or something. Yeah. Like, if, we're about, if we're talking about like actual Earth, Earth yeah, probably like Thailand or Bali or something. Mm. Cut straight to Bali, it would make my life good. a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. That'd be good. Well, thank yeah. you so thank much. You so thank you so much. much. Well, well, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you guys too. Yeah. It's so nice to meet you in yeah, person. Yeah, so yeah. Well, you, because I've already <laughs> met Rachel. Oh, uh, yeah, I got, uh, when that happened, I got a message from Rachel being like, I just saw someone in a cafe. And I was like, where, where was I? Why wasn't I? When worlds collide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was bad, because I saw you, I think, in the mirror I was having a really crazy morning as well, and I was like, oh, no, Simone saw me, and I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I found you very grumpy. <laughs> but, yeah, it was a good cafe. We love that cafe. I also yeah. saw um, Aja Barber in there as well. Mm-hmm. He, she's a... Uh, Instagrammer that does loads about sustainability and clothing that oh. I've yeah, wrote a really good book and I've been following her for ages. There are, so there's some cool people in that neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take you when we're yeah. over. It's yeah. really glam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you like chips. Oh. It's great. You can do like a pick what you want from the breakfast thing and get like an oh, such good breakfast. Okay. This, that, we're not here to talk about breakfast. <laughs> we're here to talk his dark materials. Mom. Again. With you. Again. And now season three has been filmed yeah we obviously don't want to ask you anything that we're not allowed to okay i mean we might we might, <laughs> especially because some of it has been covered on the panel yeah I know. that was we followed james. james yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um puppets finally yeah i'd just love to hear from you about how that was like do you have any prior experience in stage and stuff working with puppets and a little like bit that? so yeah i mean yeah, not as much as, like, I haven't done a show like War Horse or anything, do you know what I mean? But I've ha- I have a bit of experience with, with puppets, so I was dying to work with them, and I um, I just love how when when you've really great puppeteers like that, you don't even notice them after a while, and you become really attached 
to these creatures and then like with a towel <laughs> like if Olivia was a towel uh, she was the puppeteer the female puppeteer today that you guys yeah with, so she you know when she would put a towel down I'd be oh oh is she, is she okay like you get you get very very fond of this and it took me a while in the beginning because I was like oh okay it's very big <laughs> well not one of the little tiny puppets mm. you know yeah um, but then, yeah, you, you get very, very attached to them and you, you feel like you've bonded and had a relationship and how you move around each other and stuff. And the puppeteers are, like Elliot and Olivia were the two that I worked with the most and they're just fantastic. It was, yeah, amazing, amazing. In terms of like how you work with the puppets, mm. I think we might have asked this question of other people before, but in terms of like, who's feeding the lines to you? Is it the p person that's controlling the Olivia. Puppet? Yeah. 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 So she... Um, and she's, her personality as well is, Olivia's quite a gentle, quiet person, mm. so there was something about that that became a towel too, you know, yeah. and, and it suited the, and it was really nice to have a, a female doing it because that energy is slightly different than the boys, you know, Brian is so playful and Elliot's quite playful yeah. and Olivia's just a little bit different. And it, So there was a very different energy about that puppet as well because of who was manipulating it. Yeah. And she would feed me the lines and uh, obviously there wasn't huge reams of it for her to learn off, but yeah, it was always Olivia. Amazing. How was the scripting for this season? Obviously, you can't tell us too much, mm -hmm. but did you learning an entire new language? Yeah. How was that for you? I know that like there is um, a lot of nerds really love, for example, everybody's learned Klingon, everybody's learned Elvish from Lord of the Rings. Do you think that His Dark Materials fans stand a chance at understanding how to learn the Malefa language? I mean, I'm sure Richard, who uh, was the one who came up with it all, will be very open to showing people his methods of everything. They had to kind of look at the mouth of the Malefa because it has a trunk. And go, how that kind of a shape can only do certain sounds mm -hmm. and how a big creature it'll be quite a deep sound and all of these different things that they had to take into consideration while they were making up the language and then for me uh, once I kind of I had like reams of paper to uh, an addictionary and there's like the, the trunk and hand gestures and things to learn off which were numbers this the different numbers for different things and um, so once I'd learned that it then starts to come quicker and and then there was never any time when I had to again do like a big long monologue in Malefa. It was all within the idea that Mary is still learning the language. Mary can still get things a little bit wrong or she might forget to do the hand gestures but Atal still understands her because all understanding Malefa yeah. um, and all that. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So you get your amber spyglass in the... Yeah, your hero uh, pop. Yeah, uh, yeah. And just how was it? Because, uh, well, first of all, how was it working with you know it's the title of the novel, like yeah. everybody knows it. And yeah. also, do you have a favourite of the three? So the Elithiometer is all nice. I mean, I love the way they made the Elithiometer, and it's so heavy. And I got to sort of um, like hold it a little bit last season, and you know when I was showing it to me and. And it's so intricate and detailed and beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful prop. I know Amir loves the knife. Yes, he literally um, just told us that. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> he's, he's very protective over it. And I know that Daphne is quite protective over it. The spyglass, of course, 
I'm quite protective over. And I remember at one point, I can say this I'm sure, when we were taking our photographs for the poster images and stuff like that, I came in and I could see some of the previous posters. And uh, James McAvoy was holding my spy glass in the photograph. <laughs> and I said, who gave that man? <laughs> and then everyone was holding it. And I, it's weird how attached to your prop you become. And when other people are posing with it and holding it, you're like, That's, that should not be allowed. That's my So I now understand Amir and I understand Daphne when they get really possessive and protective of their prop. Because I felt the same about spy glass. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's quite different from what you think it's going to be. Okay. Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Joel Collins had just a very different idea about what what it should be and I know Jane and him had long talks about it and it's not quite what you imagine. I'm excited to see it though because I think everything that's been done with like the props like that so far we've been like massive fans of. So, mm. yeah. yeah, it's different. It's different. <laughs> Excuses! <laughs> I love that. I love it. Such mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Perfect. We were talking about this earlier and I don't know how much you have to say mm-hmm. but we know that Mary gets her own demon. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, well, I mean, if you if you're not allowed to air this, then you can uh, talk to Jane about that and sort that. Out. But I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, and I know that when they were creating it, they had a different idea about what it should be. Mm-hmm. And Olivia was like, "Oh, we've made you a really cute," and she told me what it was, and I went, "No, <laughs> no, that can't be her demon. It's really important, that, especially to the fans. The fans get like." No, that is not her demon. So yeah. we went back to the book and okay. created the demon as per the book. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, because also when when they when Framestore and, and Russell and all of the, the when they create the um, special effects for creatures, it costs yeah. so much money to make each thing mm. that I think they might have been going down to budget and what they already had a little bit. Yeah. Until I kicked up a little fuss and said, no, no, no. It's because your demon says something about you and I really like what her demon is and that it's not what you expect from her. You probably do expect something a little bit fluffy and it's not. So that's what I was like, no. So we got the one from the book. Amazing. So we have you to thank for that. Yay. <laughs> Amazing. Yes. Thank you so much for chatting to us again. Oh, um, I'll see you down the calf. Absolutely. Well, absolutely. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. Give us a shout. We'll yeah. meet up. Well, how good was that? So good. Uh, so good. I love listening to those because it was such a good day. Such good days. Such good days. Definitely. Yeah, it was so lovely to chat to everyone and get some like little season three tidbits um, and be allowed to put those out um, without being scared of uh, spoiling things. I mean, Jane was there and she yeah. said it was okay. So she did. <laughs> that's she it. Did. It's official. We can talk about the black sands of the world of the dead. Ah. <laughs> we, we can talk about... I'm trying to think of other things that we need to talk about, but everything. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, I I hope that we can get basically everyone that we spoke to in this episode back after or during season three so that we can talk to them at length about everything that's going to happen. I'm so excited, so excited. Listening to Simone talking about like try- learning Malefa language uh, it makes me, oh, I can't, I can't wait to sink my teeth into season three. It's going to be so good. Yeah, me too, me too. Also, 
So we are back from our break now, obviously, because here we are. We wanted to let you know that our next episode, so in two weeks' time, will be a very special book club episode with the one and only Jenny Owen Youngs. Yes. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Inspiration to the podcast. Did we send her the Balloon Dad song to have a little listen? Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Thank you, Jenny, for inspiring that moment. (laughs) Not to call Jenny out because I say it with love, but she was the first ever person we asked to come on the podcast. And she was interested from the get-go and it's taken this long because she's a busy woman. Yeah, honestly, scheduling is a nightmare. Anytime we ever try and like link up with another podcast, it's usually like a year in the making. It was the same with Goblet of Wine. Yeah, it was. It's been the same with everything. Yeah. Truly, truly. But yeah, we're so excited to have Jenny on. Uh, She's going to talk, it's still going to be a book club episode, but she's going to talk predominantly about the TV series. So that's going to be interesting. I'm excited to to speak to Jenny because at this point we haven't done it yet. And uh, I am very much looking forward to it. But yeah, hope you all enjoy it too, because that is going to be a fun one for sure. Definitely. Just want to round off the episode by saying a huge, huge thank you to Amir and Simone for talking to us and to Brian, Caroline and Russell for talking to us. Always and forever, some of our absolute favourite people. Just top class, top class human beings. We love them so, so much. And again, a huge thanks to all the His Dark Materials TV show PR team for letting us in and making this happen. It has been an absolute joy. Honestly, and a huge thanks, of course, to the BFI and to Hay Festival who put on the events that we attended, which were spectacular. Yes, 100%. Thanks to all those people. It was just so fun. And I can't wait to do more stuff like that because I loved doing it. It was so good. Yay! Thanks so much for listening to this special episode of Hair Dark Materials. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HDMPod and you can email us at HairDarkMaterialsPod at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at hdmpod.co.uk. If you want to support us, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash hdmpod. We also have a shop where you can buy merch featuring all original artwork from Rage. You can find it at hdmpod.co.uk forward slash shop. I'm Faye and when I'm not at BFI and hair festivals, you can find me talking about Paramore on my other podcast, Still Into You. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts and find us on Twitter and Instagram at Still Into You Pod. I'm Rachel and when I'm not here chatting to you lovely folks about how I woke up at five in the morning to get trained to Wales to see a panel for His Dark Materials and it was incredible. When I'm not doing that, I am making cute and magical arty things. You can find me over on Instagram at RachMakes, on Twitter and TikTok at Rach underscore makes and over in my online shop, RachMakes.co.uk. A huge thanks to Johnny Knott for his musical stylings. We'll see you in two weeks' time, and don't forget, keep telling stories, and all will be well. so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.